Ready? This <laughs> volume. Wow. Oh, I can't do it. Really Door right. shut, This is a gorilla podcast. A collection of interviews, conversations, and hangouts with some of our favorite humans. It's an opportunity for us to pull back the curtain and talk about how we all got here or are getting here. I guess you could say. No edits. That's not Just true. Just uncut conversations about things we've learned, mistakes we've made, and all the stuff that keeps us going. It's another way, we hope, to be a little more human. A little more human. To be more human. (laughs) (laughs) There's something in there. Uh, Welcome to episode 10 of A Little More Human. We've made it to 10 episodes. Quite excited about that. Today on the podcast, we have Grant Flooring. Grant Flooring, you are a composer, sound engineer, Mm -hmm. um, artist, musician... What else am bands. I? You, yeah, you playing some bands. What else am I leaving out? Oh, you can I find him on uh, uh, stock footage clips on filmsupply.com. <laughs> That's true. If you look hard enough, you can find. I me stumbled on. onto that one time on accident. Are I'm you like, serious? oh, there's uh, there's Grant riding a bike, <laughs> doing some modeling, uh, Chaco modeling footwear. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've done a lot of different done things. Some Herman Miller stuff. I don't know. You know, all over the place. Cool. So it's today fun. I'm gonna primarily focus in on. Um, your sound engineering, but also your music and your yeah, composing, because for sure. that's primarily the way that I've worked with you. And I think we, we haven't had someone that with that <laughs> skill set be a part of the podcast yet. Okay. And like, so yeah. we're going to kind of hone in on that. And like, if there's other things you want to throw in from all the other myriad of things that you do, that's nah. also <laughs> totally fine. So thank you for being <laughs> on the podcast. my great sure. experiences. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like we definitely have done some projects together. But most of my memories involve like floating down a river with beer. Dude. I was gonna yeah, say I also times. knew Grant. Be- I also knew Grant before we started working together in different settings entirely. But we're not Friday gonna go down Rockies. those roads. Yeah, only oh, it, dancing. Oh, it gets so small world when you oh, yeah. connect all the dots. It's pretty weird. It really does. It really does. Uh, okay, so I found that's the case with everybody. By the way, that's well, the, the world like, is kind of small in general. Eric Grand and I Rapids were just in Nashville talking to distributors, and the conversation quickly goes to like, "Oh, everybody knows the same network of people. Right. We're on, you know, we're twelve hours away from, you know, Gorilla or whatever, and right. everyone's still interconnected to the same right. thing, which is simultaneously sort of exciting and also like, ah, shit. Oh, wait a minute! I was hoping there was like a whole other like avenue over there that we could explore. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so I want to start with a little bit of a why question because okay. uh, y- I want to know how you kind of even started down the music road or avenue oh or anything like how that. Far back I'm, I want to go, go as far back as you'd like because I think that's actually oh, the impetus geez. of how you be- became a composer and got involved in this world because you started. Yeah. We use words like, often, like impetus. Music. Impetus. In this podcast. Okay. Well, I use word like impetus. So. <laughs> oh, geez. Look it up. It's a good one. So, let's yeah, see. where How did this all back? start? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a quite a musical family. Both my parents were uh, music majors at the University of Indiana. Um, I didn't know that. Or Indiana University. Okay. Um, and they're still band directors to this day. Really? Uh, my mom, actually, my mom isn't. She just took the role of a principal at the school, but my dad took her old job as the band director. Okay. So they're still working in that field. Um, and throughout my life, I played a bunch of instruments. I took piano lessons, uh, played saxophone. You um, were a sax player? I played sax, yeah. Sexy sax man. Sexy sax man. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Make sense. Right so, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I played saxophone for three and a half, four years, and oh, then so you're actually can play. I only reference uh, YouTube I don't know, videos I don't, from actually don't ten know. years ago. Apparently, I don't know <laughs> if I could still play it. It'd be interesting. Wait, to see you if, can. Dude, I'd, li- I'd like to think I can. Well, I, I, in my mind, in like my this, mind, I can like, still play I've it. I've watched him pick but, up an instrument that he hasn't even touched before and be like, "Oh, how's this work?" Like, well, all right. <laughs> So yeah, uh, just playing uh, a variety of instruments growing up through high school, mm-hmm. um, joining some bands, writing our own music um, and cover band style music. You know, we were covering the Ramones, Foo Fighters. This is in high school. This now. is in high school. Okay, yeah. we yeah. were. Uh, our first band was called what was it called? I think it was called Green Bean. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a so terrible exciting, name. Right? <laughs> that is so bad. Green Bean. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to all had... the Green Bean band members. <laughs> Super. We photoshopped. I remember we photoshopped on this, like, we didn't even make a record, but we had an album art poster for something where we had green beans and we, like, put our faces on them. Can we please, please oh, see this? Got, you need to send that to us. I can, yeah, I can ask Okay, Paul. please do. Um, we all show our most embarrassing baggage <laughs> to each other. Oh, man. It, I mean, We've all got some bad ones. Dude, I can, I can definitely sift through the, the archives for that. Please um, do. So in high school, you, you obviously music yeah. you, you were super into. So I, was it college? When did you st- first start going like, hey, actually, I, I could do this for a living? Like, yeah, um, it wasn't, well, I guess I kind of faked my way through a lot of things early on just because I could, and I didn't really necessarily know that I wanted to do this. Uh-huh. Little so, did for example, all the green bean bam members know <laughs> he was unqualified. <laughs> so unqualified to be a green bean. Um, uh, it was after high school. I actually, instead of jumping right into music, I went to this place called the Recording Workshop in Chillicothe, Ohio. Okay. And I studied audio engineering there. It's kind of a private school where you go and get your certification. Really? Uh, to become an audio engineer where you can then take How your... How old were you when you did that? 18, 19 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I moved out there for a little bit. Um, it was like half a year. It was like six months or so. Okay. And then came back home and we had a home studio that my dad had built with us. Um, and I started to work in that studio a little bit more, bringing in some clients that were from um, barbershop quartets. Oh, that's to, fun. To uh, local singer-songwriters uh-huh. and like some church groups that came in and we did like live sessions. And I started just like making and producing music with them um, as a recording engineer. Uh, and then after that, <clears throat> I guess I started writing my own songs just because I liked writing my own music and um, this was probably like 2009, I don't know, it's like 2010. My buddy, John Paul Morris, uh, he started his own Shout video production, uh, production company uh, called 1135. He's going to hate me for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, hey, John Paul. John Paul it's, it's, over at Practical. Practical. He's now, awesome. Yeah. Super talented dude. So we, he, We'll um, have you on here at some point. Yeah, we should. I told him, I told him cool. you guys are going to want to have him. Yeah, it's He's true. Like, we will. Uh, nah. Um, well, now he's oh, maybe committed. Not. We've just committed, committed to him. This is, this and is, everyone his, in the interwebs will know that if he doesn't come on, he's going to be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, or a dick. Yeah, either we'll one. See. I don't discriminate. I'm just saying he's one of those if he doesn't show up now. You're always measuring dicks on this show, aren't you? Uh, so anyway, he started this company and um, he started doing a lot of work with local, um, up in Traverse City is mm-hmm. where this is what uh, was at. And he started doing commercial work with some wedding vendors, you know, doing wedding video. Um, I never wrote music for any of that, but then he was asked apparently to do some 
BTS filming for this uh, shoot that was happening um, for this docudrama type feature film up in the TC area called okay. Undaunted. TC meaning Traverse, Traverse City. City. Yeah. Or so, as Gary Busey calls it, <laughs> Traverse City. Traverse City. That's a real thing. <laughs> all, this, all this PR stuff oh, for Camp Man. I was like, oh, I loved the beautiful Traverse City. <laughs> Can he not spell or read? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He's just, just Gary Busey. He was actually very so you he he had a he he had a chance yeah, to work so on this project. So I'm getting into like where I had my first like opportunity to to like write something for like kind of a movie. It was more of a BTS reel. Um, so John Paul like put together this edit, and he's like, "Hey, you want to like make some music? Because I know you kind of do this, and you've got all the equipment at your house. You know, mm -hmm. you could probably make a really cool soundtrack." I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds fun." I don't know if I said that, but I just did it, um, wrote the music for that. And when the producers of the the feature film saw the video, they're like, oh, who did this music? Like, we really like this. Can we kind of see where this could go for the actual, for the actual movie? <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't know this. This is awesome. So John Paul I bet Paul you got connects, raped. John Paul, oh, <laughs> I bet, I bet for real. There's so that. many things like later on in life that I look back on this project that I wish, I mean, I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to do it, even though I like faked my way through like 80% of it. Right. But at the end of the day, like if I hadn't gotten that job, like one, the money like basically set me up to do, like to basically buy all the stuff that I needed to get going. Oh, okay. So you didn't then. You did. They you actually didn't. made some money. Yeah. Good. I actually like had a contract. It came down between um, the composer for Juno what? I forget what his name is. Uh, some family friend of, wow, the, of, hard the, diss. of the director. <laughs> John Paul is getting shout outs, but composer for Juno. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I don't even know his name, but like they're like, Jeez. yeah, we, we have we have this guy writing some comps for, excuse me, for us. Um, we have the director's friend who's like done some music or his son who's uh -huh. like written some themes. Um, and we'd like to see like what you could do. So like if you could write like, you know, 15 minutes of music for us that would fit the vibe of this film and kind of the style that you did for this BTS thing, that would be great. So I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> and I did it. Nice. And um, the director was like, uh, let's keep the conversation going. You know, this is like a couple months, you know, like we right. write some music right. and, and it's like a long Just process. Just here, of, here, here, and here. <laughs> yeah, well then it came to a point where they're like, so we, we want to use you, like, what would you charge for this? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never really done this before. But Did you like, say that to him? Yeah, oh, wrong and answer. Like, basically, I mean... It was a decent amount, though. Like when they were like, "Well, how like does they came how, back to they're, you like, the they're like, "Well, how does this sound?" I'm like, "Yes, that sounds great." Well, okay, how old are you wow. at this point? I'm 29 right now. No, no, at the or point. At the, oh, this point. How old are you right now? By the way, uh, what's your social security so, number? And could we have a list of your greatest fears? This was 2011. Okay, so like at that point, you were that like that amount of money probably was like. Oh, this is oh, perfect. It was substantial. Yeah. yeah. I was like, holy cow, like, could I actually do this for a living now? Right. And I awesome, was dude. like, I really want to do this. So I, I, I didn't stop becoming, uh, I didn't stop working as a recording engineer. Um, those, those tools and the resources that I learned at the school uh, in that realm definitely right. are carried over into what I do now. And they help a lot with being able to write music and uh, make it sound good mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. hopefully mm -hmm. professional quality, you know. No, I mean, well, uh, yes. Hopefully? <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> we don't bring hopefullys on this podcast. Yeah. Sorry. You can cut that out, Kyle. <laughs> no, okay, well, no, that's you, awesome. So you, stuff your first actual gig was for My a movie. first actual, yeah, it was. That is not the norm. Whole movie. No, it was not, the, it was not normal at all. I got very fortunate, very lucky. And from there, I just had um, the opportunity to use that as like this, 
almost leverage to be like, hey, like I've done this project, like uh-huh. yeah. small guys in town, like Taproot. I worked with Carl a long time ago uh, and a handful of other guys, even the producers from this movie um, still work with me a little bit. Oh, nice. really? And they have small like PayPal commercials and things like that. They'll, they'll like want music for, or yeah. they'll just be like, uh, do you have anything that you could license to us? Cause we're kind of doing this really cheap, which yeah. seems to be the trend these days, but. Well, there's just so much, we should talk about that. There's just so much content. Oh, there's there. so much content. It's, um, yeah. I mean, we're all kind of fighting that wave. I mean, there's a lot I, of also yeah. like licensing companies out there from like yeah, music that, lease to. That's, actually, yeah, what's like, your, yeah. What is your perspective on that? I know that's a rabbit trail, but I would like to know because it's not just trails. something. Yeah, I do. That's sort of the point. <laughs> We're just here You're to rabbit get, trail. Everybody's We're just here to give rabbit trail every single time. <laughs> like you love rabbit trails. <laughs> it makes it interesting, Caton. Your job is to bring us back on. My job is to rabbit trail and say swears. Uh, um, no, but seriously, like this idea that uh, there's just so much content out there, right? We mm-hmm. face this with, you know, the film aspect of it as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I was looking at something for some reason. I was on one of the major stock websites l- looking at a comp for something like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Last week I was in a bar, looked up at the screen. It's an Acura commercial. Mm-hmm. And I see an image that I just saw on a stock footage website. And all they did was flip it. It was a girl and running down a beach. It it, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it might have been Lexus, actually, one of those. But yeah. they flipped it. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that was a stock footage clip. And so that idea that it's just like when sort of everything's been captured and is available. There's not always a through line in the narrative, but mm-hmm. it does make a ton of things accessible, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing for music. There's so much music out oh, there. It's insane. Doesn't mean it's all right and doesn't mean it all hits the beats of what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. in a film, but yeah. how do you perceive all of that and how does that change the dynamic of how you work? I guess that could go a couple ways. Um, oh, a couple rabbit trails? A couple rabbit Please trails do. here, yeah. Rabbit trail A, B, or C. Um, the licensing world for me is, I definitely see it as competition because it, it limits, how do I say this? Um, you, 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 there's no wrong way to say it and you're also not going to come across Right, as, no, no, no. So it basically just limits me in a couple ways. When I'm working with somebody and they use stock music for like temp tracks or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, in that scenario, like you have a temp track, which is fine sometimes, but it's not ideal because... Most of the time, the clients or whatever will get married to the temp track. They'll hear it. And then my job competing with that temp track or stock track is difficult because if they get so attached to it, mm-hmm. any small slight changes that they mm-hmm. hear or any nuances Absolutely. that don't translate like what they initially heard in the first edit or rough cut or whatever. It's emotional make memory. It, yes. Yeah. It's, it's subconsciously in their mind to like something that they, hear, that they heard first and to not accept something new even though it's like yeah. super identical and super close to what we were trying to achieve. And in that sense, it's just like a struggle, but also like um, licensing rates too, like financially, like people can get music for super cheap these days. Oh yeah. It's not necessarily the best music, but you have, you know, websites where you can pay like 50 bucks a pop for a song and it's right. yours to use for whatever, you know? And I mean, it's that's just a that's, tough value proposition, yeah, right? For sure. Like what you do is better. And they're, and they're comparing, they're con- like, they're comparing like, oh, we can get this music for this price, writing an original piece, shouldn't be that much more, right? <laughs> but at the same time, like it's a lot of time and like effort right. and energy that goes right. into writing, Absolutely. you know, a, a piece of music that's X amount of minutes or whatever. I think one of my favorite things discovering, uh, well, mo- most things as a producer is just like all the different pieces that it takes to actually make a video. Because like when you first, like 
when when people first approach this world, they're like, oh, it's really simple. And there's like, you you go turn on a camera and then you make a thing and then you make an edit and then no big deal. But like all the different pieces that have to come together actually have a coherent whole. And music, I never realized how crucial a role music was playing, especially when it comes to the emotion, Mm -hmm. emotions of a piece. Well, and also too, just like being able to level up, right? So you can buy... Yeah, you start small, you buy stock music for, you know, a little one-off project oh, yeah, or whatever. Sure. Until you're doing something for, you know, a large corporation and you got to start to deal with a legal department. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Like, that, you can't, none of this is like going to work because no. these, these uh, license terms are for sure not going to suit, you know, our client or whatever. Right. So original music is so crucial then right. just for, you know, being able to have the licensing even. Yeah, it's interesting you say like it's, to you, like you didn't realize how important it was. Like if you want, no, I just didn't know. Like imagine, you, imagine like Infinity War or Endgame. Oh, with, dude, without I, I, any I, music. Yeah, I was imagine what we're supposed to with the cranks like. without the soundtrack. You know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's, but uh, pick your. But favorite. everybody knows that emotional. Music, the second they hear that, like the high note of the brass and everything like that, it's just like, oh, yeah. I get now, there, excited. I would say, I, I guess I would say there is an exception where I mean, if you watch a film done well without any music, like if you feel like the, the film is working super well, like the, the acting is on par, like super above par mm-hmm. and everything is just feeling tight and together, like, and it doesn't need any music. If you add music on top of that in the right way, it's only going to enhance that further. And you can base, if you, if, if you can rely on a film to not need any music, mm-hmm. you know, anything that you do is going to work well for it. If you, if you have to rely on music to save a project, it's very difficult because that's true. You end up sacrificing not like your own art as a musician to like kind of fit in things to like make it work. But, um, so every show on CBS, got it. <laughs> yes. Star Trek is pretty fucking boss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. No, it's a crazy story though. On that note, um, no country for old men. Dude. Yeah. Originally had a score. Yeah, and they took it out. They took it out. That mm-hmm. was so ballsy. And that's I want to know. Such what that's, an I want to listen to that. I want to hear what yeah, it was. Because I'm sure the film is still. <clears throat> I'm sure it adds a completely different dynamic to the film. I'm sure it didn't make the film worse. It just made the film different sure. than what they wanted to yeah. do with it. But that's so unusual. Also, not very much the norm on any level. That's, no, that's what I mean. Like, and you yeah. wouldn't no, recommend that. Yeah, it's extremely you know? unique for sure. But so. Spe- Licensing aside, like how when some when you're approached, say by a producer, or from anyone, or like a, a like a director, what's your process of actually arriving at your finished piece? Because, I mean, I, I've heard descriptors like given to musicians before. Organic, yeah, like well, organic. <laughs> I hate that word so much. Or, That's so funny. Designers <laughs> need to make everything pop, and musicians need to make everything like, organic, organic, and filmmakers need to make everything authentic. It's so true. <laughs> So, but like, how, like, uh, how do you even begin to get nuance for different things? Like, how do you? Yeah, is it just like a crapshoot for you? Like, I'm, I'm curious because some, like your some, job yes. is some projects, yes, but um, generally, if if the pro- so the process of like when a director approaches me for a project and they're like, hey, do you want to write music for this? Yeah. Yes, and then boom, we go. Yeah. So, so how do you then go? Oh, well, now I need to make a thing. Um, I would say, I mean, unfortunately, like seventy percent of the time, there's always like. A reference piece. So, like we were just talking about earlier, like like a stock track, something to to reference the client likes, the vibes, the feel, the mood, the type of instrumentation. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that, and then I'll try to do my own twist on that, and I'll suggest to them early on, like make sure the clients don't hear this. Like make yes. sure that this is strictly only one hundred and one temp <laughs> right music there. for the editor to make sure he can 
cut something together that's rough and right. let me actually have yes. the first pass at letting the, the first music that they hear, like let that be the music that I have or that I write. Mm-hmm. That, that seems so obvious if you've been doing this yeah. for a while, but like that is a hot tip for yeah, anybody so out important. there getting into this business. Oh gosh, yes. That is, Do that's going to save your, your life. client mm-hmm. the stock music option, just <laughs> yeah. the, the no, composer's just, piece. Yeah, I don't know. So basically after that, like once I get the references or if I just get descriptive words from the directors or producers, I'll just experiment for a couple of days. You know, I'll spend late nights here at the studio just like making noise and sounds and just trying to suss out the vibe for what it is I'm supposed to write for. And then I'll send them some demos. Sometimes I'll send like two or three slightly varied cues that might um, have differences that they might like over a different version. Um, so I mean, I'm going to ask you a quick question, follow-up yeah. question to that. Suss out the vibes. When you say that, what do you mean? Because like, is it just like an internal gut feeling of like, it, it, like that's because that's where you're being creative. You're yeah. actually like, so I don't you're know trying to, to like, that. I just unpack something, but I guess maybe that's different for everybody. And maybe that's a hard that, question. I mean, no, I like that question. Yeah. How do I suss out the vibes? I just play the piano. I open up some software libraries, um, sample libraries that have, you know, weird textures to them and I'll just like play notes and hold them and then just like loop those and listen to them and then kind of listen in my mind um, to hear what else might come out of that. And then okay. in my yeah. mind, I'll Yeah, you're getting at that. what I'm curious at, yeah. So, I mean, so one, one, one thing that I like to do a lot is um, not to actually play. So like when you're playing a piano or you're playing an instrument, you have muscle memory that is attached to your hands or your voice or whatever and you start to play the same thing and you're you get into the pattern of playing the same chord progressions the same Mm. melody lines so over time you find that your music is is sounding sort of the same Mm -hmm. which is okay but if you constantly rely on playing with just your hands and like Mm -hmm. your muscle memory you're never going to get outside of the box and so Uh i forget what composer said this one day it probably was hans zimmer or some master out out in the world he's pretty good at his i feel like he's pretty good good. he i think he said something about like (laughs) just the most recognizable composer (laughs) not the composer from juno hans zimmer (laughs) so he i think i think it was him he said something about how he like likes to physically sit on his hands really and he'll think in his mind what a creepy guy about (laughs) I do this too. Does that make me creepy? And I've ruined all chances of ever. Oh, jeez. No, I want to hear this. So you sit on your hands because, again, like you don't want to rely on your muscle memory to create something. Mm -hmm. You want to rely on your brain power. And like your brain is a muscle and you can exercise so much more power and and thought. And you can think about so many more new things that you wouldn't be able to create with your hands because your muscle memory gets in the way. Got it. In your brain. And if you think about something, think about a melody or think about a chord progression or a beat or whatever think about it really hard and then do that and then just like oh. write that and then play that, loop it a little bit or f- for like 15, 20 minutes and then just think about like what would sound right for something layering on top this or is for awesome. something like yeah. going out of it's, I've always been it's curious so about like, interesting. Yeah. And I actually wonder if that like transcends mediums, right? I don't know yeah. about, ed- I think editing, editing could transcend could, yeah. that. I think fine art, I imagine like when you talk about muscle memory, Oh, right? yeah. Where do you sort of immediately go to? I wonder, mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated by this idea. I've never heard this before, but I bet you it's transcendent oh, I'm sure, between yeah. artistic mediums. I'm sure it carries over mediums, all sorts mediums. of... Yeah, well, that has me, like, certain artists are really recognizable for, like, their certain movements. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is, like, Jeff Krause, for instance. Like, he has some th- certain things that are very, like, oh, I know that's oh, yeah. Jeff Krause's yeah. piece. Because, and I bet it has something to do with that muscle memory. But I also can tell when, like, he's, like, stretching himself because, mm-hmm. like, there's different... <laughs> 
I was like, that looks slightly different, but still feels somewhat. Yeah, so it seems it's like you try to converge Shout those out to things, Jeff right? Cross, because you still <laughs> want it to feel like your style. You do, you know yeah. I mean? My style too. I don't even know if I have a style necessarily. <laughs> but I yeah, think you do. I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, th- I know what you're saying though. It's just like yeah, for sure. You know, you've done cinematic scores for us, and then you know and we did this thing called the Delta stuff. Project, and some kids yeah. started freestyling. You know, oh, into yeah. the microphone, and a week later, like Grant had built an entire like track around it. Mm-hmm. It was the track, awesome. The track and it was, was so totally dope. different style. Yeah, that kid though. I, I actually want to get back in touch with that kid sometime because he said he wants to he wants to do a come record. in the studio. Yeah, uh, and I I, I got to get him in there. So like, if he's if we know how to yeah, we'll make it happen. We're talking about a thing <laughs> that nobody's gonna get to hear, so that's Not a bummer yet. because <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. So. Okay, so um, in this field, do you? What continues to inspire you in this vein? So, like, not necessarily like who's your heroes. You can definitely go down that route, but nah. how do you keep going? With, like, when say when your muscle memory feels like too tired, or like I've done the same thing about a million times. I don't necessarily want to write this piece again. Like, I play what? video games. Huh? Say what? <laughs> I play video games. Really? If I can't, yeah. It's if I can't write anything, um, it's probably because I'm just not in the moment, and like I just got to do something. You know, I could read a book. I don't really like reading too much, but, um, you know, watch a movie, play video games. Playing video games is actually something I do, not a lot, but I do it when I need a break from writing something. So if I've taken like three, four hours or so and written a piece of music uh-huh. and there's, there's a tight deadline and I have to get this music out to the client like tonight to review, I typically like to have at least a night or two to come back to the track and listen with a fresh set of ears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh and to do that quickly, because I mean, I don't have the luxury of hearing my music for the first time ever. Oh, yeah. If I play video games for like 15, 20 minutes, a half hour or whatever, you know, Fortnite, Rocket League, whatever kids are playing these days. Do oh, that. yeah. Way to pretend. Like, <laughs> you know. You don't don't know. even grant. You definitely right? know. I love it all. <laughs> uh, whatever, like, I whenever I take that addiction. break and whenever I immerse my mind in like a video game world, I can then come back to the music, you know, 30 minutes later with a pretty fresh perspective of what it was and I can be like, oh yeah, that was awesome or yeah, no, this is shit and I'm just going to like throw it out. How much willpower does that take for you? Like for, that's very difficult for me. I to think like, because to like I can be, pick I'm up the really, video games and put them down or, well, or, or to like say part, yes, actually, it's good. Like, or, I have a harder time walking away. I know, right? Exactly what you're saying. End of the day, I'm tired. I need to get this thing finished. Something has to be refreshed in my brain. I know that I'm going to rewrite what I'm writing. Like, so I'm not talking about music at this point, but sure. if I'm just like creating a treatment or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or doing an edit, I know I'm going to redo whatever I'm doing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I know that I am. And yet, like, the compulsion to like control, the compulsion to finish it or to get it right is so strong for me that I'll try to willpower myself into doing it. Mm-hmm. I already know from experience, like that, it's not going to work. I'm not going to like it right. tomorrow. It's going to feel like such a nasty draft. Mm-hmm. But I'll spend an extra hour on something, wasting time trying to <clears throat> force it, even though I know that's a bad idea. Hmm. That's very difficult mm-hmm. for me to like shut it off. Yeah, I think it's like a control thing or whatever. But is that easier for you? I'm just curious. I don't know if like, I shut process. it off necessarily. Like, I mean, when I leave the office and just go to home, stop. just to say, yeah. time to be done. Is that easy? It is easy. Yeah, because I, I have seen you do F- that. Actually, you. you're pretty good at that. No, it's it's easy <laughs> That's and awesome. it's it's important because like I have to make sure I can step back and come back, right, and not burn myself out. Like if I yeah. just if I like work through the night, I mean it, it depends too. Like some projects, if if I'm procrastinating up until the last minute, 
and I got 24 hours to write something or, or mix something, like that tends to be my, sometimes tends to be my best work because mm-hmm. under pressure, I feel like I'd work better. Really? Which is really strange because that is really strange. I, I love to have the, 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 the max amount of time possible to work on something, mm-hmm. but under pressure, if I mm-hmm. need to get something done, like I'll get it done and it actually turns out really like, it surprises me sometimes like what happens, which... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I have a follow-up I'm question. I'm surprised by how good I am at my job. <laughs> so, well, I have a follow-up because like, I think there might Fantastic. be something within the video game break because I don't know if, I mean, video games currently, music that is paired with it and like composing for video oh, games yeah. is next level currently. Right. When the soundtrack it comes to like, for Red Dead 2 is unreal. It's so, good, so I mean, you kind of like, there could be another like thing happening when you're playing the video game. It depends on what you're playing. Obviously, some of it is just like kind of just noise. Yeah. But if you're playing certain games, there probably could be a little bit of like, oh, you're, you're getting well, something you, there. You were referencing basically, things with soundtracks, though. You are referencing. No, no, I wasn't. Stuff. I mean, I could, though. That, I mean, that would be my dream job someday, scoring like an epic adventure RPG. Like, That's cool. like The Last of Us. Like if I could do something like that. Oh, dude, be, The Last of Us soundtrack like, is something, unreal. This is a rabbit trail. This is It's okay. Uh, there's something about like creating a world of music that lives in this this code that is generative basically where you have like certain cities and worlds and you have the bad guys lurking in the in the shadows you have you know character themes when you meet somebody new and all these things in the game are intertwined in a way where you can basically move in and out of these scenarios and the music and the sounds kind of like shift and morph. You don't base, you don't you, you don't really have a score for it because mm-hmm. it's like not mm-hmm. really a linear it's like platform. It's basically like an the soundscape but it could be at, like epic music that is seamlessly transition mm-hmm. could seamlessly transition into, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. a gentle more intimate right. love theme, you know. Yeah. And the way the designers and the code behind that uh, That's awesome. Games can do that is amazing. So it, I don't, it is a weird convergence, right? Of like sort of the art of scoring. Yeah. And then we don't usually think of coding as an art mm-hmm. form necessarily, but oh, it, yeah, ha- it is. Oh, it, it totally it, is. It, right. But we think of it more like sort of like under the hood. Something you know, to get the, the job fi- done. It, it practically makes yeah. things work. Engineering. But in that, yeah. Hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But in that case, like it has to, I like that. Like it's got to be so adaptive and it's right. got to intertwine with. The art of scoring. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, that, that's exciting. like a true it, collaboration. It is. Yeah. Oh, it, it would just be amazing to be able to like create that because it's it's open ended. I mean, you're like like the sky's the limit, literally. Like mm-hmm. you can, if the world's big enough, you can create so many different textures and things to make mm-hmm. it just that much more immersive. And mm-hmm. it's just that, that's super exciting to me. All that's that technology. Awesome. But like back to the ga- like video games for my breaks and stuff. Yeah. Um, Immersing myself in that world visually gets my mind off of whatever I was seeing. Like when I'm seeing my music physically, like on a computer, I can like recognize beats. When I'm hearing different sounds, that like pushes out, you know, what I was just doing to the point where I can come back. And that's how that works basically is. Cool. Wow. Just... Yeah, it's a cool process. I really like... I mean, I dig it. I've I've always been curious and like... It challenges me to... It's challenging for me. I'm like, I need to do that more. Yeah. I need to well, say like, no more. The break more. thing is Fortnite. really quite important. Yeah, or even like, I mean, for me, it's not <laughs> video games as much because if I played video, like... Oh, I've heard your really Red Dead like, Redemption 2 stories. I really stories. like playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't have that much time for video games, but my kids like participating Dude. in that oh, with yeah. me. Oh, so jealous of what he's about but to say. <laughs> if I started, if I started like editing afterwards or writing something, 
It'd be intense. <laughs> like, I'd be too influenced. Like, I need to take my dog for a walk in the woods or something yeah. to reset. That's, oh, that's where did. You didn't go down the road that I was hoping you'd go down, which you told me. Like, you're, you're, you let your boys, they drive the horses, and then you do the missions. They, no way. Dude, yeah. 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 That's how, it's the only way, because I have four kids under eight. Like, that's the only way oh, I can man. justify playing a video game as a dad and, like, yeah. someone who runs a business. Like, there's no time for that, except for the fact that my kids want to play it. So we do it together. And every time so I'm gonna crazy. go somewhere, I just That's put a amazing. waypoint on the map and hand them the controller. <laughs> and they just send ride it into, the horse. Send it into cinematic mode. Have you done that? Yeah, yeah. dude. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Oh, okay. Anyways, enough with the video games. Let's go enough back. I want to ask you about projects. No, that is a weird thing though about video games. I gotta say, like, what? there's. I feel like there's a lot of time wasting there. No, I'm but, not saying that. I'm just saying like. I think that the generation before us really had stigma attached to video games. Oh, yeah, oh, they did. Right? Time-wasting, right? That oh, yeah, idea of time-wasting. Time, so. We don't have that, which mm -hmm. is awesome. Like my son Baxter, <laughs> he always says to me, he's like, he'll be like, Dad, when you're old and when you're in a nursing home, I'm going to come over and we're going to play Madden. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and yes, like I think about it, I'm like... Hell yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to be doing in a nursing home, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to consider. Yep. Wow. That's but amazing. that's going to be our reality. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just an adaptive part of our life. So even now, like I have a little bit of stigma as an adult, like talking about playing video games because it, I do still attach it to sort of time wasting. Mm -hmm. I think it which can is be the, in certain settings regardless. Anything can. I'm a little old manish. Anything abused yeah. can be bad for you. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But... It's pretty it's pretty cool to just think that this is a thing that like when I when I was young, when I played video games, like my dad would walk in the room and he'd just be like, That gives me a headache. And then he would leave. Just and just walk my away. kids play video games, I'm like, hey, scoot over. <laughs> you know? oh, but they man. do kick my ass in Smash Bros. Oh, I bet. I'm useless. Ooh, That's awesome. They should send me their friend code. I'll play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grant's got a break. Back on track. Let's go. I want to ask you about projects. So you've, you, we've worked together on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You've worked with us on Delta Project. I'm curious, like currently what you're working on that you're like super pumped about and or excited about or potential projects. So you're like, you know what I'd like you mentioned yeah, already, it'd like it'd be awesome to create a soundscape for a video game. I'm curious if there's other things like that, that you, mm -hmm. Are, want to do or you're currently working on that you're like really jazzed about? Yeah, I can't talk about, I mean, it's an Amway thing, but I can't say who and what it's for. But there's this <laughs> thing that they're making that's an anim, uh, animation of these things in this Westworld kind of world. Like it's this really high quality, high rendered lighting like world. And it's it's an intro for this new thing coming out and it's going to be dope. It's gonna be amazing. It's, and you gotta write so this, cool. yeah. And I'm writing the music. I just started it yesterday. And awesome. It's, it's sounding so cool. It's. I mean, it's gonna be like a movie trailer, but in that slow, like, pushy vibe of like that Westworld intro, basically. Yeah, like dude, that, that's that animation so good. style is very close to like this and like how things and in, like Game of Thrones too. Like that in that world is like what we're kind of trying to accomplish with this. Awesome. And the animatics look pretty dope. And that's I'm just really super cool. stoked because it's going to be, I hope it's going to sound amazing. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I just finished working on, um, a few months back, this short film called Future Kings. Here's the plug for... Another John Paul Morris thing? Another John Paul Morris thing. <laughs> um, it, this is like a sci-fi film that we've been working on for a very long time. Um, and the music for that turned out really well. 
and we're just excited to see if we can push that film forward and get the funding that we need to do the full, the, the feature film. Cool. Um, and that's just a nice outlet for me because, I mean, I can't write epic sci-fi music for commercials, you know. Ever. Right. <laughs> Commercial music, like, burns me out all the time. Like, it's, it's, it's great. Like, I like a lot of it, but it does get repetitive. Right. And well, it, do you have a lot more constraints that you're operating under yes. when it I comes mean, to commercial really com- projects? It, it, it probably has a lot to do with genre. Yeah, the style like is, is is definitely something that is repetitive. Always trying to stay relevant. Everybody trying to do the 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 current style and mood and everything. That keeps me on my toes because I can exercise my ability to like write new styles all the time. But mm-hmm. I often find myself getting stuck in those commercial vibes in my larger like cinematic oh, scores. Yeah, and yeah. so it's hard to get outside of that when I'm doing so many commercial projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I relate to that. Maybe yeah, maybe you're trying to say this, maybe it's a different way, but this idea that when you, when all of your muscle, when so much of your muscle memory is around conforming something within like narrow boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Which is oftentimes part of the commercial process or maybe it's just part of, particular commercial processes because the box often is the same size, right? This much budget, this much time, this much energy, you know, can go into this thing. So from a, from a directing side, like it, it really compels you to not, to not think outside of the tools that you're used to using right? because Mm -hmm. there would be no point, right? It's just like, Hey, I know what this is and there's just no way there's going to be a techno crane on this thing. So I'm not going to think with techno cranes or, you know, Russian Mm -hmm. arms or whatever. Mm -hmm. These are film tools. Um, but then the problem is, is that once you get an opportunity to work outside of that, you tend to not think with those tools because you've trained yourself subconsciously. Right. You've trained yourself not right. to. You're kind of is going back kinda, to. Yeah, I, don't, I relate to what you're saying on that level. One hundred percent. And the way I get around that is by like buying new instruments and like buying new toys because those new toys offer new inspiration. Um, ah. So like plugins that I have and sample libraries and effects and pedals and synthesizers. You know, that's I'm trying to like rely more on like outboard gear these days because like everything in the box starts to sound the same. It starts to sound digital. It starts to sound right. very just flat almost. Uh-huh. There's not really like a lot of tone and f- human characteristics. There's no flaws and like it's just very perfect locked to the grid. So I try to like buy things that allow me the to... The grid, sorry. Couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah, so I just like to experiment with new toys. And I mean, there's so many, it's, there's almost too many pieces of software and tools out there, like uh-huh. it gets overwhelming. So you just have to be choosy. Like if you're just getting into this to like pick what it is you'd like to learn and learn that really well. Uh-huh. Um, Cause it will be easy to buy and collect and like sell and collect and sell gear all the time because you're constantly wanting to just like try new things. Right. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing that's pretty common. I think with artists is just sort of, uh, an insatiable desire to buy new <laughs> gear. I, yeah, <laughs> well, I, you get. A I'm lot sure of your packages. wife is really Grant, into Grant that. Still I'm sure gets she plenty of it. packages in this office, and it's always from like I a weird two. Russian. Weird. He never gets them sent to his house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust sending it to my house. Sam's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. Um, I do want to. So we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I am curious about. I mean the. Subheading of this podcast is um, 
conversations in the transmedia world. Like we're yeah. telling a singular story across tons of different platforms. And you you compose music not just for commercial video. You do it for movies. You do it, you'd like to do it for video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the landscape changes all the time. But like you, your craft doesn't necessarily change, but it might have to adapt. Like what what you're saying about yeah. There's always new tools. There's new software, and it's like just picking up speed. Mm-hmm. Um, does that excite you? Does it give you fear? Does it give you like what does the new technology advancements and all that like how does how do you adapt that to what you do? It for can a be a little intimidating at first because you have to often relearn how something works. Like in our audio world, the DAWs, the digital audio workstations that we have constantly have like updates and new features that they're adding. Competitors will add better features, then you might want to switch to their software. And so in the sense that like you want to find something that works for you and just learn it well and try not to like branch out and get anything else is very important because you're going to want to like try to use the newest software to do the newest cool thing. But eventually like you're just going to get burnt out and waste time learning how to do something from start again. Mm -hmm. Um, But it excites me because there are also so many tools out there that make my job a lot easier Mm -hmm. and that allow me to write music quick, uh, a lot quicker. There's some tools that are, I mean, completely outrageous where you can like press a key on your QWERTY keyboard and the software will recognize like which key you're pressing and assign a chord to that key in the key of the song that you're working in to make it sound like it actually works. And so anybody who doesn't even, like anybody, anyone who doesn't know anything about music could actually start writing music like tomorrow. That's insane. I didn't, know that's a, I didn't know that's a thing. Like, wow. It's, it's, sometimes it's inspiring. Like, if I have no idea what I'm doing, I'll actually do that. And I'll, like, listen to, like, four chords. And I'll be like, oh, I love those three chords. Pick those up, rearrange them, and then write my own music from that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of scary that, like, all these sample databases with people and producers releasing, you know, beats and samples for hip-hop and all these styles of music, you know, uh, makes it so easy to do that, but it also makes it like... Muddies the waters. It, yeah, it muddies the waters and it almost like, it just saturates that market so much where everybody's music starts to sound the same. Everybody's right. using the same sample packs. Everybody's using the same loops. We talk about this um, a lot. I mean, this idea that, you know, it's the same across all the mediums, right? It's just, it, it in sort of the visual side of things, right? Yeah. It's just not that hard to make a pretty picture no. anymore. No, gosh. But when, the, when everything's a pretty picture, it's sort of soup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's really hard to differentiate between mm-hmm. things. I mean, d- Dissolve, the Dissolve, the stock footage site, they did this. <laughs> Do you remember this? They did this brand film where they just spoofed a brand film with all yep. of their stock yeah, yeah, footage. Yeah. Oh, for real. Yeah. And it and looked exactly how to, how to like 90% yeah, of brand wow. films. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's not that difficult. What's right. difficult is being able to take what's meaningful out of that Mm-hmm. And apply technique right. to it, right? So in your case, like you're talking musically, you know, in other scenarios, it's storytelling, right? Yeah, I mean, you're telling stories through music, yeah, but like there's sure. all these forms of storytelling where the the barrier to entry to make a pretty thing or to make something that sounds 
pretty acceptable Mm -hmm. is not that high. It's pretty low barrier to entry. But to be able to take that thing and adapt it to a story that's meaningful, to a memorable or significant Mm -hmm. thing that stands out from the white noise of everything is just as difficult as it ever was. And I think that's why in a transmedia world, what we do is much more about problem solving and storytelling and then applying the techniques and the tools to mm-hmm. that than it is just about the techniques and tools themselves yeah, because that's 100%. not difficult. No, and it, it, all comes, it all comes from experience too. Like you learn, like I'm still learning to this day how to do new things and like I will continually be learning because I won't, I, I don't want to get stuck just writing the same stuff over and over again. You know, like if I, like for dubstep tracks, it's back I, when I had to do a dubstep track, I like didn't know how to write it. Mm-hmm. And you just go online and like listen to it, like, you know, listen to what you want to write and analyze, like just try to pick apart the mm-hmm. little pieces that make dubstep dubstep. You got your deep bass and you got your screeching synth and you got the side chain that ducks with the kick. And then you got uh, some low pad that's just like rumbling and then. You loop that a couple times and you got a dubstep track. Like study, <laughs> study. I love that whole thing. I was like, I don't know what he's saying, but I like it. Like you study, oh like w- when you study music and you learn the different types of music um, that are out there, like it helps you, it broadens your your ability to kind of know how to work a piece of music in and out of a scene and how to, you know, tastefully add little elements here and how to actually pull back. Pulling back is something that like I've, I'm still learning how to do. I tend to write music that's very yeah. full, like too full. And like, like at the time, competes. yeah, at the time it's like, oh yeah, this is sounding cool. Then the next day I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, that's so dense. Like there's so much stuff going on and I'll have to mm-hmm. cut back. And I'm getting better at being able to analyze that kind of process. But with all the tools that are out there in the world, like I'm just like, oh yeah, let's grab this, let's grab that, let's put this in there, let's throw that in there. Mm-hmm. It just makes it easy to do that. And then you listen to it and it's just like, oh, that's too much. Like I got to take it back a little bit and mm-hmm. give it more space. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's just when when everything is accessible, there's just, it, there's going to come a, a tipping point, I think, especially for brands, for films, all this sort of stuff where you can make the coolest sounding thing the coolest looking thing, but mm-hmm. if it isn't unique, if it isn't thoughtful, if it doesn't have a strong narrative, yeah, your intent or a hook, is always like, present. It'll it be is. there, but it won't be memorable. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I'm not saying that to sort of say like, oh, every brand's got to worry about this. I'm saying we have to worry about this, yeah. right? Like this is our job to to say, yeah. <clears throat> how do we create things that are memorable in mm-hmm. a different way? Mm-hmm. Because you can't help a brand or a film or a story stand out simply by throwing a, a bunch of you know modern equipment at it. That said, you do need to know how to use all of those, those tools, tools. Yeah. Yeah. so that you can adapt them to the things that are timeless, like story structure, narrative arc, you know, all of these things that make something memorable. Mm-hmm. Yep, one hundred percent. It's very true. Okay, uh, last question as we kind of wrap up, and you get to ask the question if you'd like, because um, we just sadly have our heart out today. Um, but I'm really enjoying this conversation. Do you have any questions for either of us that you have been wanting to ask? So, like, you can ask me, you can ask Eric, oh, and then once that's done, we're going to kind of end this sucker. So, I haven't thought about any questions. If you don't have one, that's quite all right, because then I'll ask you something real quick. Anything. Oh, yeah, I don't have a question for you guys, but 
I do have a shameless plug for my band. Perfect. A show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I <wow>. like this. <laughs> Tactful are, pivot. I like it. Wow. <laughs> right at the end. Okay, we are Green playing Bean a show. On, we'll be playing. Uh, Green Bean will be playing at your local, <laughs> your local coffee shop. <laughs> at the Java Junction. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, no, we're playing. My band Blanca Luz uh, is releasing our record on 420. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think that's the day. Yeah, we're releasing our single. Our single's coming out 420. Our record's coming out a little after. We're playing a show at What's the, the significance? Is there, is there a significance? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. There's a music video. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy music video that we shot with uh, Jason Grindy. Yep. Oh, yeah. That you guys will yep. be seeing very soon. Anyway, our show is on May 18th at the Pyramid Scheme. Uh, it's a dual album release show with the Howlers. Coming out... Um, there's going to be lights. There's going to be drinks. Awesome. And uh, it's going to be a great time. I th- that was a great shameless plug. And I Only hope lights do and more drinks, though, on 420. I'm sure that's... There's no weed or anything. Like no. That. Probably all no there weed. will be. No weed. No one likes to smoke weed. All right. Um, Grant, thank you for being on thank here. You for Eric, me. thank you for being here. Um, this is a lot of fun. Um, we'll catch you guys on episode 11. Oh, real quick, Grant. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. No Bye. Dick.